Hi, my name is Desiree. And my name is Jade. And welcome to the Tin Canular Podcast. This is a show all about our unfiltered opinions and unsolicited advice. Every week, we'll discuss a topic that applies to our lives that we think deserves some attention. It's going to be a mixture of our serious thoughts, stupid ideas, wild conspiracies, ridiculous anecdotes, and more. So whether you want to learn from our mistakes, be comforted by our thoughts, or if you're just in the mood to chat, we've got the show for you. Before we begin, let's get a quick disclaimer out of the way. Remember that this is just a podcast. We are not experts in anything. And a lot of what we say, if not most of what we say, is said in jest. Listener discretion is advised. Okay. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hi, friends. Hi, friends. Hi, guys. For the second time, we've actually already recorded this episode before, but it was a major flop because my <laughs> my audio was not recording properly. I thought it, my mic was picking up my sounds. It was not my iPad was picking up my sounds. So um, it sounded like absolute shit. So we're doing yeah, it again. We're doing it again. Um, it was not the best audio quality. I tried to salvage it like because I, I thought I was like, okay, you know what, guys? Like, I can fix this. The audio engineer in me is going to like leap out. She's going to get to work. Um, and then I heard the audio... <laughs> Right, right, right. And like, if you want, if you want a reenactment, this is what I was hearing from Desiree. It was. <laughs> that was like the sound. It was like she was underwater. And then every so often, oh. the mic, it would be like the loudest, like, pang in the mic. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I have the skills. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a complete mess. Cause like, even I just realized, like, I have this robot cat and it's just a sleeping cat that I have in the background. The sounds just, I don't know. It just like, it makes me feel calm and serene and it's literally Mm -hmm. going, it's like in the background the entire time I've hidden her away this time around. So we should not be hearing her. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be much better quality. Hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm also there are, um, there are fireworks going in the background just as I speak. Oh, that's so lovely. Our last episode was just like polluted with ambient noise on my end. This episode will also be polluted with ambient noise because I can hear, (laughs) I can hear my flatmates rumbling around, moving items, um, the clinking of various forks and other materials, the sliding of chairs. Uh, Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm too busy listening to the fireworks that are literally going (laughs) for the fifth night in a row. Every single night at someone's birthday around here. Oh no, isn't it Guy Fawkes Day tomorrow? Oh my god, yeah, it is Guy Fox Day tomorrow. So but do they why, do that every yeah, I mean, leading every day up. up until damn. Yeah. I know that when it's Guy Fox Day, like the whole week leading up they do fireworks because in twenty twenty, our flatmate Caitlin, who just so you guys know, will be mentioned in every episode we do. Every like I episode, will mention yeah. her in every single episode because during our university days when we had a show, we talked about her. All every live show every yeah. single live show her name was dropped um so it, it will be the same here um but yeah in 2020 caitlin took michelle for a walk she was going to aldi she was just gonna grab i don't know like some small things oh um, man this is bringing back oh my god yeah. giving me ptsd oh me god. too Michelle was normally walked so he would have been by the way guys he would have been under a year at this point so a puppy still and he was normally walked in a harness but on one chilly Scotland day, Michelle thought that harness looks mm, Michelin. I'm gonna eat that <laughs> shit. I'm gonna like rip that apart. 
and he chewed his little harness. So I was waiting for a new one to be delivered. And until that point, we all had to walk him just like lead attached to the collar. Now, Caitlin took him out. It was nighttime. It was probably like the fourth or the third or something before Guy Fox. And um, they walk past a park where a ton of teenagers are setting off fireworks. If you don't know, dogs normally hate fireworks. Most animals do. So Michelle starts to pull away from Caitlin. He actually slipped his collar. It came out off of his neck, over his head. And Mans ran through the streets in the dark for, I think, like led Caitlin on like a wild goose chase in the streets, like with cars, I think for 20 minutes. And she was just gunning it, like gunning it through the streets after him. He ran himself all the way to these woods that I used to walk him in. We all used to walk him in um, because I guess he thought like in the nature I shall hide. <laughs> so he ran all the way there um, and then she couldn't, she, she like tackled him. She got him, but she could not get him to um, walk away from the park. So I ran there with a bag of treats and we uh, bribed him back home, but it was traumatic. Desiree was, was just traumatic. out drinking, by the way. <laughs> I was literally out drinking. I was out drinking when I got the, a phone call, a three-way phone call, me, Jade, and Caitlin. Um, Michelle, nowhere in sight. And the thing is, is this is the first time Jade is hearing that her actual baby dog is lost and we literally don't know where he is. So yeah. Jade is just on the phone, obviously a wreck. And I'm like, is he still with us what is going on the problem was that caitlin um called us but then the second we picked up she he started running so she had him in front of her and she was calling to be like what should i do how do i get him back on this leash (laughs) the second we picked up he started running so she was like calling after him and stopped talking to us i thought she i thought he was dead i thought he had been hit by a car because she couldn't explain what was going on she was talking to him right so all i heard was like oh big dog no oh no (laughs) i was like oh my god the dog is dead i was like and i was like caitlin caitlin what's happening meanwhile desert's like guys i'm at the beach what's going on yeah, I'm like, what's happening? What is going on? Like, and I'm literally out and I'm like about to cry because I'm like, he's passed on. I have yes. no clue what's going on. But that's not the first time with Michelle. Like, honestly, Michelle's been through it. And he's been through it literally with um with his aunties. Like with Jade, he's totally fine. He's literally like just this, like, you know, completely protected. But when he's with Caitlin, he gets lost and almost <laughs> the way that Jade turned her head, like, maybe, maybe not. But um, the way that he's with Caitlin and he gets like absolutely like, you know, scared out of his mind, we almost lose him with uh, the story with me was that actually um, I was taking Mish for a walk and we were just going like, I'll just paint the scene. I'll paint the scene. So we're going <laughs> every time I tell this story, it just gets more and more ridiculous every, t- every single time I tell it. Um, mm-hmm. But OK, so we're on a walk. And the thing is, is like on this particular path, there's like a I guess what would you call it? Like a, a, a river, a, a stream, a river, probably. Yes, yeah, a stream. But when it rains, that thing gets full and it's like yeah, rushing. Yeah. So it's usually like a stream just going by, like, I, I guess, like a brook, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the time, the weather was pretty bad. And so, like, literally it was raining all the time. And suddenly that brook, that very calm, babbling brook, turned into, like, this river of rapids, right? And so I'm thinking, that, that shit looks kind of dangerous. But Michelle knows, at his big grown age of not even one years old, that 
he shouldn't be going near the rapids. I'm like, that's, that's, that's truth. <laughs> Obviously, like, you know, he has enough sense to know that. What, sorry, what's important to know also is that every time you would take him on this walk, he was hopping in that water and he was yep. play, playing around. Like it, it didn't matter. The temperatures would be sub zero and this dog was in that stream kicking around. He loves yes. it in there. So that's also why there. she, you know, is thinking like, will he go in? Surely not. Surely not. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I, you know, he's known to go in, but I mean, it's looking real dangerous. <laughs> like I think anything with a brain would be like, I don't want to go into that water. Um, and he's not going in. And I have, I literally am watching him. I'm like making sure he's not going in. And we're just walking along and everything's totally fine. Jade gives me a call. I pick up and I'm like, hey, what's up, Jade? And she says, is, is everything okay? I just feel like, I just feel like Mish isn't okay. And I'm like, I'm almost offended on the phone. I'm like, girl, what the fuck? Like, of course he's fine. And I literally turned my head. I'm like, yes, he's fine. Like, he's literally with me. Like, do you think Auntie Desi's going to let anything bad happen? Like, literally the dog is fine. And so she's like, okay, cool. Like, anyway, like, when are you guys going to be home? I was like, in no time, girl. Like, ain't nothing about it. Like, I'm literally going to be home soon with your damn dog. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, stop worrying. I literally turn off the phone and I'm looking for Michelle. I'm like, where the hell is this guy? And I go and I look. I look into the absolute rapid river. And all I see is four tiny, like, skinny legs literally just sticking up out of the stream and literally michelle is completely flipped over his four little legs are like literally like trying to grasp on for something and i start screaming bloody murder i'm gonna go away from the mic because i'm literally going to reenact what i did I'm literally screaming my head off. And at this time as well, I just want to note that there was a woman walking by who saw me screaming my head off and literally was like, it's just a normal Tuesday. Literally didn't even give a shit that I'm screaming for like this child who is stuck in this water. I was so convinced Michelle was going to pass on to God that day. And the thing is, is like, I'm literally at the edge of the, of the, of the, of the rapids at this point. I'm at the edge trying and I can't get in because the thing is, is the water is obviously super rough. And like where the where the ending was like to to even get in bitch like you had to jump into that shit to go and get that dog and I'm like oh my god I don't know what to do I don't know what to do anyway Michelle like finds a way to unlodge his like body from like between the rocks or something literally flips over and I've never seen something so sorry in my life the way that his eyes were so big he was like please save me save me oh my god like if, if a dog could fucking talk like oh my god so anyway he gets to the to the to the edge like he finally paddles towards the edge beyond like i mean literally defying odds gets to the edge finally and i'm like oh my god i don't even know how to get this dog up out of here so what i do is i literally it's amazing i didn't break his legs that day i literally grabbed his two like front like front legs front paws whatever the fuck and i literally just drag him out i was like i'm gonna break his legs get him out of here but like we just gotta do what we gotta do and he literally it's like the most dramatic scene of my life between me and this dog it's the most dramatic scene that we've ever shared he immediately gets up out of the brook and is like okay and we're gonna carry on with the walk and i was like psychotic psychotic when you you guys came home he sat on that sofa (laughs) (laughs) he sat on that sofa with a heated blanket soaking wet by the way because i want to let you guys know it's scotland in like november december it's below freezing it's so yeah, it's cold. cold and that water 
as cold as the air is, that water is stinging it's stingingly cold like he would it's hop so out cold. and splash me and i would be like oh my gosh so he's sitting on a blanket on top of a heated blanket and he's like looking out the window and desiree reflects desiree's, desiree's sitting looking at him and she's like i think he's thinking about what happened <laughs> he's i think he's thinking about mortality and all those things. contemplating his yeah. his own existence indeed because that i mean i don't know i i don't know how that wouldn't even stick with any living animal like the way that i described it i can't even like it's not even doing justice to what that scene was that scene was yeah. it was horror it was horror from michelle it was horror from myself it was not horror from that woman walking by she couldn't give a fuck no but like it was scary <laughs> this dog though this dog he's by the way just absolutely incredible so charismatic everyone who meets him loves him he's a weird one and i think of all the near-death experiences he has had all of them are his fault really um yeah (laughs) um anyways shall we get into the topic of the week yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh uh-huh i'm very excited this topic um Oh boy. Yeah. You know what? The thing is, is I feel like you guys love drama and drama is what you're going to get with this one. Um, mm, we are talking We're yeah, definitely the whole shebang. We're giving you guys uh, intro to dating. Um, so yes, we're going to be talking about all things introduction to dating because we're going to have a few episodes on uh, dating oriented, of course, because like there's just so much to say. There's too much to say, actually, about literally dating in general. But yeah, this will be like a little cute little introduction stuff that, uh, you know, we want to touch on, you know, in this Mm -hmm. episode real quick. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to give the overview. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's my week to do that. Usually with these kinds of monologues about a specific topic such as dating i like to start retroactively or at least from a place within the past tense but i think we're going to start where i am presently because as they say there's no time like the present so then where am i now in terms of dating well i'm a young professional i'm in my early 20s and i possess a certain set of specialized skills I crochet, I make art, I yoga, I love exploring my city, I read books, and I must say I'm particularly good at interior design. Actually, a few days ago, I made some serious improvements on my very special homey bachelorette pad, which I'm obviously very, very excited about. A skill I'm specifically very proud of is my ability to both flounder and be somewhat successful within my dating process. Even just within the past year, I feel like I've shed so many skins in terms of how I approach my dating life and how I operate balancing my mental health, as well as being a potential partner to someone, of which is obviously not easy. It's taken a lot to get to where I am now in terms of my dating headspace, which is mostly healthy. But of course, when I started dating, I was anything but healthy in terms of mindset. That's usually the case with most teenagers, and oddly, that's the time when television shows portray us to know what we're doing somewhat. As I mentioned before in a previous episode, I'm truly a romantic in almost every sense of the word. So it was majorly sad uh, that in high school, I did not get much play at all, because as Jade likes to put it, I was not quite the flower that I am now. She did say that. Like, I'm literally going to go on record and say she said it. Like, literally, Jade's sister can also back that up as well. She said it's because, that. She- it's because it's because Desiree. No, it's because Desiree will say, 
Dustin was like, yeah, my ugly phase or something. He was like, that, you did not have an ugly phase. Like, if y'all know what Desiree looks like, you know she's literally drop-dead gorgeous. She never once had an ugly phase. She just was not the flower, the flower she is now. Like, she just wasn't as... She wasn't as like blooming, you know, that she was, she was budding. Okay. She was budding. Now she's like woman, you know, she was just, you for know. the record, I, it's actually one of my favorite sayings. Like <laughs> it, it actually is like, I love it so much. Like I often think about it of like, yes, you know what? Jade actually hit with that one. Did she lie? Did she lie? But did <laughs> she, she lie? <laughs> but did she lie though? I didn't really expect to have anyone like me in high school um, because honestly at that point I truly didn't even like myself. So I figured that my odds were way better in university. By some stroke of luck, the universe would make me pretty and men would finally like me. And that stroke of luck is actually what we refer to as puberty and maturity and higher and more developed cheekbones. And basically that's my glow up trifecta y'all. All right, so here I was, it's my first year of university and I'm there with my newly acquired looks and absolutely zero game. In no way, shape or form am I making it seem like everyone was just so in love with my outer beauty and that I had some sort of irresistible skin deep charm because that's not what I'm saying at all. It was just a complete whirlwind when I even had like a little bit more male attention on me because I just would never get that level of male attention in that concentration. I was a kid and it was an uber surprise when I got asked out on my first date and when a random man stopped me on the street and said something along the lines of, I shouldn't even be talking to you. You look like a man eater. Me? A man eater? A pescatarian man eater? Really? But, but seriously, I was so unconfident that I couldn't even if I wanted to. And boy, were there some guys that exploited that. The university town that we both lived in had a very specific dynamic, probably due to its small size and how insulated it was. And to be honest, I'm not gonna get into grave detail. I'm not gonna break my silence on that just yet, but the dating game was real skewed. So it was a big breath of fresh air finally to graduate and start dating within a huge city and within a huge dating pool. And especially now in this newer age of just anyone having podcasts and blasting their opinions, definitely not a snide at us at all. Oh. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, you know, people having podcasts and blasting their opinions into the ether <laughs> on dating and things like that. Okay, what? Um, you, she said, she said, stand in front. She said, stand up. Straight bullets for both of you. Yourself included. <laughs> Literally. Any two, any two little idiots who both are anyone two, with a stupid mic, anyone with a stupid mic who talks about dating, named Jade and Desiree, who are dumb, big dum dums. <laughs> Just anyone gets a podcast nowadays. Oh my god, yeah. I'm sick so annoying. Ours got handed Ugh. to us. Ours got given. Literally, we, we earned it. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a small loan of one million dollars. <laughs> I earned just a small podcast. loan, tiny just loan. Just a small loan to start this. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're ever grateful to our patrons. Yeah. <laughs> and especially now in this newer age of just anyone having podcasts and blasting their opinions into the ether on dating and things of the like, I've been exposed to not only more choice, but more ideologies on how dating should go. And it's put into question the way that I go about my own dating life. So as of now, I've officially truly been dating for maybe four or five years. 
but it does now seem like at my grown age of 23, in a lot of ways I'm starting over, building upon what I've learned, of course, as a teen, and just expanding and finding new ways of being and dating that fit my lifestyle and fit me as a person, because there's really no one-size-fits-all to this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers, and I probably never really will, but if you want a few pointers and an introduction to dating, or at the very least some gals to make you feel better about not having a booth for Christmas this year, or someone to help you appreciate the special person in your life, that can be yourself or someone else, or if you're lucky, both, or maybe you just want to feel seen in the hellscape that is Tinder. Stick around for your weekly dose of therapeutic banter, just with the doctored order, baby. That was so good. That was so good. <laughs> you guys, I'm definitely going to edit it out in the um, write-up itself. Like, Desiree just probably spoke and spoke flawlessly. But we just struggled <laughs> towards the We end. struggled so much with that last paragraph. <laughs> and what I'm going to do is, I, I think it's actually so funny. I'm going to put our little blooper reel at the end of the episode, the very, very end, after the intro music <laughs> stops, or outro music, and you guys can listen and hear the struggle we went through just now but that's so good you're so good at these write-ups you know thank you thanks yeah. a lot yeah you thank ri- you you write so personably i don't know you're a really good writer you're a really good writer thank you you know i i wrote that the way that i literally sit down and i write these write-ups is i just like literally dictate to siri it's just a stream of consciousness i'm just like and you know what siri yeah like <laughs> thinking back about my life like i just really feel like but that's i just really more- feel like yeah that's even more impressive like if i did a stream of consciousness it'd be me it'd be me going um <laughs> like 20 minutes five cumulative words it's just serious my ghostwriter actually i just like say yeah i i think that dating is actually really complicated but like i don't really know how to like explain it and serious like don't worry got you yeah. yeah she's writing the most like eloquent heart-wrenching sweet thing in the world literally yeah <laughs> yeah um, that was beautiful I am so excited to talk about this topic. Um, I think that you Mm. referenced this, but maybe we should talk about our own trajectories with dating. So like how it began, where we are now, which I know you did touch on, but maybe you want to expand upon it. Elaborate. Let the girls know. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, for me personally, I think I'll, I'll start as, as I did in the, in the intro. I'll just go into a bit more detail. Where I am right now is so vastly different from where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and as is the case with like every person ever. But like, I find it particularly profound because where I am right now is literally I'm like casual dating is my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I literally have become so much better at I guess not not becoming as attached as I used to be um to certain people and actually just appreciating being with people um in the moment and for the time instead of being like and so how am I going to make this work forever because I was that kind of I was that gal like I was definitely that gal that was like literally I met someone and I'm like and now we're going to be together forever and yeah I would say that I've gotten to this point now because I feel like uh the world has handed me or the universe has handed me a series of uh let's say um situations in which I've just definitely been like molded 
um, out of that way of thinking, out of like the whole kind of Disney princess kind of way of thinking about like relationships in general, or not necessarily Disney princess, but like subscribing to the way that, I don't know, like the, the way that we see relationships in media as well as like what society tells us that we should be sort of aiming for. Um, not to get all, we live in a society here, right. but also, but to, also get, to do that, to, get, to yeah. get that way. Yeah. Yeah. Also to exactly that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, what's so interesting. Like I actually saw this statistic. I'm like reading, I'm reading this book right now. I'm, I'm a, I'm a cultured gal guys. Uh, I saw a statistic that was like the majority of people living in the UK, obviously I can't say for the U S but like the majority of young people living in the UK, um, between the ages of like 20 to like early thirties, um, actually do not cohabit with a partner, um, and either live by themselves or live with, um, or live with like, obviously their flatmates and stuff like that. And like the kind of dream that we've been sold is like starting from like, you know, your twenties into your thirties, you meet the one quote unquote, the one, and you cohabit Mm -hmm. in that way when the reality doesn't look that way. And I've definitely been, um, I'm, I'm so a part of that statistic. Um, obviously I'm, obviously only in my early twenties, but I see a trajectory in which, I don't know, I'm just kind of casually dating instead of being, uh, as attached as I usually would be. Yeah. But when I was, when I was younger, I definitely was very much like very much looking for like a boyfriend out of any man that I met and I, you know, liked in the slightest. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, as the episodes, as the episode like goes on, like, we'll definitely go into more detail about like some of the, um, encounters that we've had. Um, but yeah, I think it's just been a series of experiences that have shown me that that's not really my truth. Um, and because of that, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm just finding out a lot of things about myself as well as, um, like a lot about the guys that I'm seeing and the, the people that I'm dating and stuff. So yeah. What about you? What about you, Jade? I, we should totally talk about cohabitation and stuff either in this episode or at some point, because I, my perspective on cohabitation has shifted. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, we'll put a pin in that. My trajectory is kind of the maybe mirror of Desiree's in a way. Like she was raising her right hand. I was raising my left hand, you know? I definitely, like, when I was in high school, was of the mindset. I was like, I don't want anybody and nobody wants me. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Which, yeah, I was just like, I was really, like, I was girl bossing, you guys. I thought to myself, you know, I'm first of all, I'm a little child. Second off, I got so many extracurriculars I want to focus on. um, And just, I'm way too busy to spend time like dating anyone it was so funny I kind of felt like I wouldn't really say above it because that sounds so patronizing to those who are in relationships but I and I don't feel that way at all like I I think it's totally valid to date when you're in high school but I had this feeling of uh, I don't want to be tied down because I know that I'm gonna yeah you know when senior year comes I'm graduating and I'm going probably somewhere far away which ended up being true and then by the time I hit uni that mindset was still there. And I thought I'd rather make a lot of friends, work on my degree, and then also on the stuff I had going on on the side, like Desiree Nice Show, my magazine at the time. And I thought what I'll do is, unlike in high school, I will try and, you know, date someone here, fool around there, just, you know, but keep everything very casual, very light. 
um, nothing too committed or intense because I just had this, honestly, my mantra over dating, which I don't necessarily recommend you have because I, I think it's maybe a negative one or could be a negative one was, um, I'm no one's girlfriend. That was, I was like, I'm not looking to be anyone's girlfriend. That was my huge uh, mindset. I was, the reason being, I was like, once again, I'm going to graduate in four years from uni and then who knows where I'm going. And I don't want to feel, you know, tied to anyone. I also, you know, don't want to really prioritize spending time with people other than my friends and myself. And then in my last year, my dog. Her son. When I, her son. My, my child. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it's a joke, but it's also not at all a joke. Um, no, not at all. No. <laughs> then um, when I graduated and came to Los Angeles, I had the same mindset. It's so funny. I just kept being like, when I'm older. And then I would get older and I'd be like, well, when I'm older. Um, and I had the same thought process of I'm going to, you know, have a string of lovers was kind of my viewpoint, a string of very casual affairs and live my life and just kind of very girl bossy. I'll fit them into the schedule when I can fit them in. Oh. Um, but then, by the way, I want to make it very clear that when I'm saying girl boss, I'm being, um, so sarcastic. facetious, so yeah, facetious, yeah. <laughs> like at once I am a type A person who is girl bossing, but I also h- hate the term girl boss. I would never use it, um, truthfully. Um, anyways, yeah. And then I started trying to accumulate a string of lovers and now I have ended up in a committed relationship. <laughs> For a year now, um, which is a plot twist for me because I genuinely thought until I'm like 25, I will not be anyone's girlfriend. That was kind of my viewpoint. I thought I can date people, but it really was this like string of lovers concept I had. Um, And uh, yeah, that has shifted for me. So my viewpoint went from, I don't know, I think it softened me a little bit and made me a little less... I don't know, maybe I think I probably, if I'm being really honest, had a stigma in my own head over the idea of being in a committed relationship at a young age. Um, It's so funny because people would be like, well, you're a grown woman, you're 22. And that's true. At the same time, we are so young. Um, And I think I had a sort of negative viewpoint over what that really means or what it entails. I think I kind of thought that it meant you were limiting yourself And now being in a relationship, I've definitely become far more distanced from that viewpoint. And I really disagree with it now. And additionally, I'm definitely more gross, but I'm definitely more of a romantic than I used to be because I... Of course, she definitely would say that's gross. Like every time she says that, she's like, "Oh my god, Mashika, she like gross." I'm like, "This is my life." Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like this is literally like the fiber of my being. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just like I've definitely become more of a romantic, and I think I was. I think I, my whole life I've been a romantic, but my thought process was is that something has to be a certain level of special in order to um, really harness that part of me and really allow that part of me to breathe. Um, and I don't think that that's true. And I think I was probably limiting myself in a lot of my um, truest form by kind of shoving the little romantic me in a, in a corner and being like, shh, you be quiet. Like, don't you dare come out. <laughs> we have things to do. We have, we have men to run through, men to eat. Oh, mm. <laughs> mm. I, take, I take that back. I like the way that was said, actually. No, I take that back. <laughs> I was trying to reference her man eater comment, but I take that back. Um, 
and yeah, I feel like I'm more true to myself now because I'm letting that romantic have some some space. So that's my trajectory. We've kind of, we say this all the time and we've talked about it a lot before, but Desiree and I kind of have started on like opposite ends of the spectrum and kind of met in a healthy middle area. Yeah. And we've also at the same time reversed our own expectations. Literally. Yeah. I feel like we're both living each other's like sort of expectations as of now. And it, it is interesting because obviously if I had Jade's expectation, it wouldn't be a challenge to Precisely. settle into it. And the same way for Jade, like if she had my expectations, so, cause she's kind of living my expectation now, it wouldn't be a challenge to her to settle into it. But yeah. yeah, it's just been a mutual sort of like, it's just, it is interesting. Cause it is like looking into like a mirror that's warped a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause it's like, cause I, and I feel like it's good because we're, we're able to like offer each other like viewpoints on yeah. like certain things that I don't really understand or like I, or some things that maybe you wouldn't understand. We can offer each other like our perspectives and it, it, it helps to kind of figure this thing out. But like, yeah, I think honestly dating is a, I mean, understatement of the year dating is like literally such a complicated affair. I mean, I, in the beginning, I just never realized how much of a, I think and this is almost femsal of me to say, but I do, have to, I, I do have to bring it up because I think that my thoughts on dating and men in general was just so just one dimension that it is actually borderline femsal. Like, <laughs> cause it's just like, you can't humanize someone who is literally just, I mean, a paper doll. And the way that I used to think uh, was just like, men are all a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I, it, 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 it's like a, like, a, like a cause and effect thing. If I do something, I know that a man would react in such a way. And it was just something that was a one size fit all sort of situation for all men in my life that come into that romantic sphere. And over these last, specifically, I mean, just within a year, um, being able to casually date was me coming to the conclusion, amazingly, that um, men are actually individuals and with like individual like lives that are like actually like fully complete and vivid and do not revolve around women. Um, Mm. And they have their own history and they have those things that make up who they are because they are people. Um, And I don't know who needs to hear this because that's the thing. I'm not, Jade already knew this from the jump. So this isn't, I'm not, but I think that there is a brand of gal. um, And that was me definitely like who don't really appreciate that fully. And I don't know these like, (laughs) for me, casually dating for these past couple of months it's literally been humanizing it's been humanizing men in my head and like fully understanding that like it's it's me I don't know it's it's just it's just me coming to terms with the fact that like you know I can't force anyone and I can't force people into situations and just because I plan things out in my head um doesn't mean that people have to follow that script at all yeah and everyone is the main character of their life and we just do the best we can to just be there for each other the best way we can, you know? Yeah. I think in a similar way, like that's the the brand of gal you're speaking to would maybe need humanizing of the men in their lives because they are trying to find someone who fits into a vision they have of their romantic yeah. life. But yeah. the brand of gal I could probably speak to is the type of gal that needs to humanize themselves. 
Ooh, um, wow. Because I feel like that. I know, Powerful. I know. Um, this I have like a clicker <laughs> out and my TED Talk slide changes. They need to humanize <laughs> themselves. Because I think with me, when it came to my vision of myself in a romantic sphere, I felt as though it almost wasn't it didn't fit my image of myself. So the same way like certain men weren't fitting your image of your romantic sphere, the romantic sphere didn't fit my vision of my own life. And I think that that had allowed for me in life to turn away a lot of potential opportunities and a lot of good people. And I don't um, regret a second of the decisions I've made because they've all led me to where I am now and I'm very happy. But I do think that if you are a girl who is embracing a sort of like masculinized energy when it comes to the romantic sphere where you kind of want to run through these men so they don't run through you, it, to me, what I've learned is, and I always knew this at the time, it's not necessarily a way to be strong, to act like that. In fact, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing yourself to be in tune with your actual romantic tendencies and how you feel about things and what you're actually interested in rather than decreeing that you cannot be in anything because you are focused on other things in your life that being in touch is true strength in yeah your understanding of self and I feel like that's something I've really had to learn because for so long me being like a casual dater was kind of I almost like ascribed it as part of my identity I was like I'm no one's girlfriend like I'm too independent for that And I think that's such a limiting view to have on relationships and also on myself because I can be independent and devoted to a partner. Those things don't have to exist independently of one another. Um, So the brand of girl I would speak to is one that needs to know it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable in the romantic sphere if they so please. That's beautiful. That's absolutely gorgeous. And I hope that you you girls out there um, receive that message because, yeah, I think... (laughs) I think, you know what, we should do an episode on vulnerability because we Mm. literally, we are always on the opposite ends of the scale, like, or we started off on the opposite ends of the scale when it comes to vulnerability. Like, I've never had an issue with vulnerability. I've just, and oh, wow, this literally leads into the next part of um, what we, what we could be talking, what we should be talking about, because literally the vulnerability that I had, especially going into dating, um, as an introductory sort of person going Mm -hmm. into dating, I was extremely, extremely vulnerable. And that really hasn't changed, but I'm just better at guarding myself better. Um, but the kinds of, yo, (laughs) 18, 19 years old dating, you attract all kinds, especially oh, yeah. when you're vulnerable and you're open to just anything and anybody. And like, I don't know if like a lot of you girls out there can, or girls, guys, whoever can relate to this, but particularly with women, I, I would say, like, I think that there, I think there's a brand of guy uh, that definitely looks for younger women um, who looks for less experienced women um, to date because it's so much easier to like, I don't know, show them, quote unquote, show them the ropes and, you know, kind of like, you know, like that sort of, we're teetering on some manipulation and stuff like that. But I would say that my vulnerability being so vulnerable as uh, starting out when I did and starting out how I did uh, definitely taught me a lot about like 
I don't know, just like how to be a woman within heterosexual relationships, what that means and what I need to do to for myself to protect myself and things of that sort. So that was definitely like, that was a major lesson, but like I've never lost my sort of, my my inclination to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's just learning how to... Um, learning how to moderate the the vulnerability so that I don't end up hurting myself in the process. Yeah. yeah. It is so true. We should definitely do an episode on vulnerability because we are in the various spheres of life. You and I are on the opposite ends of the scale. So romance, I've always been so supremely guarded uh, whereas right. you've been more vulnerable, but there's other spheres in life where I think I'm super, super okay to be like extremely vulnerable Whereas you might be more guarded or it's compartmentalization, Finlayson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, and we'll that's, get into that yeah, we'll get sure. to that. <laughs> so that's a good episode. Uh, but this reminds me, speak, you speaking about vulnerability. Why don't we explain, since it is intro to dating, what yeah. is like something you wish you could go back to yourself and tell yourself to absolutely not do? <laughs> when you're oh dating? my God. So <laughs> my main thing, um, Oh God, if I could go back to um, younger Desiree, I would definitely <laughs> tell younger Desiree who was so obsessed with the thought of dating older men. Ooh. I would go back to her and, and I would say that, girl, you are literally barking up the wrong tree. In fact, like literally these older guys are just, hate to say it, just the same, if not worse. Like <laughs> older, older men, and actually that's T, older men who are looking mm-hmm. to date like an 18 year old are worse when you're 18 as a, and you're looking to date a 30 year old man, he is going to be more immature than the other 18 year olds you're around. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Why, why does he want to date an 18 year old? Why as a 30 year old man, do you want to date an 18 year old? It is, it's giving questionable. Um, but uh, like, I don't know what it was back then, but I was just like, Ooh, there was just something about an older man because yeah. I think at the time I was, uh, I was craving more, um, maturity when it came to men um because one thing that one thing that my sisters tried to portray to me when going to university is that literally these university guys are like the same guys from high school that you ran away from so Mm -hmm. those same guys from high school actually also go to university the same way that you go to university so you're not about to enter some sort of like magical sphere where these guys are super mature they're still the same girl And at the time, literally, I literally told them, I was just like, you guys, one, don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Two, I'm better than you. Three, you guys are bitter. You're bitter because you didn't find your (laughs) husband in university. And guess what? I'm going to. So, and of course, you know, fast forward now, me truly hitting none of those, none, none of those targets whatsoever. I, I lied about every single one of those targets. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just had this feeling. I was just like, oh my God, like older men are where it's at. And within my experience in dating older men, it's just really shown me that that's not, that's not truly the case. And when I say older, mm. I'm going to talk about a specific, a specific case really quickly um, where this person was actually, over the age of 40. So we're not even talking 30 at this point. They're over the age of 40. Mm. And we're going to redact this story so much so that no one... level redaction. Right. No one will ever know who this person is with every fiber of my being. Um, I was of a certain age. Um, I 
that was literally just turning 20 at the time, I think. Um, and I just so happened to run into a person who is notable to me because that person creates media or is a part of media that I would consume at the time. So that can mean any genre of media. That's true. And I was, uh, I had recall, um, I recalled this person a part of, you know, that. that would, it that sounds would like you're appealing to the court right now. <laughs> It truly, like there's a part of me that wants to, but I'm like, I'm not all going to give away anything. I know, I know. Anyway. Yeah. So this person is significantly older. Um, but I met this person, uh, at a pub and basically, um, I was under the impression that this person was single basically because mm -hmm. of the way that this person was acting. Mm -hmm. And so I had actually gotten this person's number because I wanted that person to collaborate, collaborate with me on a certain project. Um, and so my intention, not Jade laughing, please not this. I'm trying so hard not to reveal details. <laughs> my intention was to go ahead, literally was actually quite pure. I was just going to, um, ask this person to collaborate with me on a specific project. Mm -hmm. Anyway, why is it that in this pub, I go ahead and I get this person's personal number? Um, it's not a business number. It's a personal direct line. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in <laughs> there like swimwear. I'm like, it's a go. <laughs> um, so that night, like uh, this person asked me to, you know, have a drink with them or whatever. I couldn't because I was with my friends. Actually, Jade was also there, was present was at there. the time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that night I had gone back to my place and I was texting them kind of on some flirty shit. Like, you know, like it was, it, it was not, it was not mistakable that I was like flirting. Um, but this person basically said to work on the project or, um, before we started the project, I wanted to just have an initial sort of meeting with this person outside of the pub. And so we actually went for a coffee in a secluded place. Um, and, uh, basically I got to know this person. We shared an embrace, which was quite nice. Um, and this person let me know about uh, uh, a certain, some certain little family members that this person has as well. Uh, this person is in children. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm never even going to meet these children. So it's fine. Um, anyway, basically over, uh, this person agrees to work on this project with me uh, about two weeks after this date. And so during those two weeks, I'm still texting this person on some very flirty shits. Um, and basically the project time comes around. I'm asking some questions and things of that sort. And um, a specific a casual conversation, a specific question that I asked was something along the lines of, you know, are there any sort of traditions or anything that, you know, you, you, you do that you get up to. And this person let me know that they like to take a, they like to take a trip. They like to travel, um, to Canada, uh, with a group of people. Uh, they like to do that every year. By the way, that's not Desiree redacting something. Group of people was the actual phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make that clear. That's the, the actual phrasing said, that this person said. That's a very important that's important. They said word for word, a group of people, the people that I travel with actually. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> to Canada. And so I said, 
oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, can you, because it was really weird the way that this person said group of people. I was like, can you tell me more about these, like this group of people? This person was like, um, yeah, you know, like it's just a group of people that I like to travel with. And I was like, can you tell me who in the group? Who is in the group? Like what's going on? And that is when that person revealed that they were speaking about um, their kids as well as their partner. Um, Currently their partner. with partner. Yeah. They're the partner that they're currently with. Yeah. And so that obviously took all the wind out of my sails. I was like, let's just carry on with the project. My, my guy, let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just go. But yeah, this person, this person uh, definitely knew what was going on. Yeah. Definitely knew that I was interested yeah. Well, they were, yeah. my theory is they were living off of the ego trip of this young, beautiful, intelligent woman. First of all, recognizing them from the media that she had uh, consumed. Consumed. So they, they felt perhaps, <laughs> they felt perhaps, uh, you know, a bit of an ego boost of, oh my goodness, like celebrité. I've been recognized by someone who I find attractive, presumably because I mean, he would have to be blind not to find Desiree attractive. But um, <laughs> they also, I think, just felt a large ego inflation and thought, let me try and kind of keep this going as long as I conceivably can in order to keep my ego boost right, uh, right, rising. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? That, to me, is so indicative of what it is to be involved with an older person when you're younger. Yeah. Um, and that is something I would definitely, yep. I would caution all, um, all youngins who are getting involved, particularly if you are in an educational system and I'll get into why later, but if you're a student and you're like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 17, even, I hate to say it, but you know, also that, and a, you know, 27 year old. 30-year-old, 33-year-old, 40-year-old is interested in you past just, I mean, first of all, it's like questionable if they're only interested in you or if they're interested in you physically, um, that's questionable. But particularly if they are romantically pursuing you, mm-hmm. I would really caution everyone because you feel so big and grown. You feel so big and grown. But by the time you are that person's age, you will look back on them engaging you romantically and sexually or however they engaged you in that in that way and you will feel um that that's strange because you probably would not be interested in someone that much younger than you and the question you always have to ask yourself is what does this person gain by being with me surely there are adequate partners in their age group in their stage of life that they could be with what do they gain from being with me because realistically you don't have, you probably do not have economic stability the way they have economic stability. You don't have a career probably you, or if you do, you're just in the beginning, you're just figuring it out. You probably don't have property. They might have property. They might own a place at that point. Um, there's just so many things that are inequitable. And what that person does gain, unfortunately, is a power dynamic that favors them. Um, some sort of weird ego boost because you're young and you're still interested in them. So they feel maybe validated in their age. Um, and additionally, the chance to mold you. If they can slowly over time chip, chip away at you, they can make you into who they want 
you to be as a partner. And I don't think that that's always true. I think if you're 30 and you date a 40 year old, that's a very different situation. Oh yeah, I know it's totally different. Yeah. But if, if you're 20 and you're dating a 30 year old, particularly when we have a difference in stage of life, and this is what I was referring to earlier, if you're in school, you're in university versus working a job, I think that's even more forgivable. If you're 20 and you just work and then a 30 year old who also works and you guys start engaging with one another, you're in a similar stage of life and that's something else to consider. But yeah, I just would caution against it. I would really caution against it. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, you feel big and grown until you truly get big and you grew and you really can see from that vantage point being like, okay, why at age 30 am I looking at, like, I, I would never look at a 17 year old mm-hmm. and think that way. Like, because at, at yeah. age 22 and at and Desiree at age 23, I can guarantee both of us wouldn't even look at a 19 year old. No. You know, Actually, and that's no. yeah. a mere few years. That's a forgivable few years, but something about it still feels just weird and wrong. Yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> My experience, I would also, yeah, like I just went on that huge rant. I would definitely tell young me to avoid it. I definitely didn't have the same um, penchant towards older men like Desiree had, but I did fall victim. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, yes, yes. I did fall. I did fall. Um, to I'll keep it brief, but it's a horrific story. Um, and the age gap wasn't even that bad. I was 18, 18 and this person was 27. Um, mm. I mm. Mm. no, it's still it's not bad. Right. It's actually uh, yeah. very bad. Yeah. Um, and I met them actually in the gym. I had had a little crush on him because he was physically speaking definitely my type. And I'm specifying physically because once I got to know him a little bit better. Woo. Um, right. But physically speaking, you know, he was just a large man. Like he was a tree of a man. That guy was in the gym just like <laughs> tearing the place up. <laughs> and I was like, I used to call him um, gym man. And unfortunately, I do not remember his real name to this day. I can't either. R.I.P. But anyways, he apparently, I had a little crush on him. I thought it was like definitely a pipe dream because he was an adult um, and I was 18. (laughs) A little tiny baby. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he had noticed me in the gym as well and was interested. So we went out on a date and within five minutes, my fight or flight uh, erupted. My sudden repulsion syndrome kicked in. Oh, your your fight or flight, your sudden rep- your repulsion kicked in before you even met the guy. We were walking towards the place in which she was going to have the date. It was me and her, and she was saying, "I don't know, Desiree. I have a bad feeling about it." And I was like, "Jade, literally, shut up. It's totally gonna be fun. It's gonna be perfect. It's gonna be." So- great like this is the one and she's literally like i don't know like i just have a horrible sick feeling and i'm like ignore it ignore it intuition who is she yeah so on that date he was just so weird i mean the first thing it's just so important for you guys to know we get to this coffee shop and i get like a drink and he he asks me if i want like one of the pastries at the coffee shop and i was like oh no i'm fine and he was like oh you get your sweet treats elsewhere huh I I immediately felt like that was the most sinister thing anyone had ever said to me. Oh my God. I was like, oh no. Oh God. What does that even mean? insisted on us holding hands but interlocking fingers. We just met three minutes into meeting and strolled me by our 
a university library. Our university was very small. So I saw everyone, everyone, I, was, everyone yeah. I've ever known walked by me and was like, who is Jade walking with? Like, who is that? He told me he thought we made, a, we looked like a gr- good couple. We made a really good couple. Um, what did he say? What, what was the exact wording that he said? We make a fetching pair, don't we? Right, right, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. He told me he was going to come surprise me at my place of work. Um, Every uh, dream. And he um, called me his girl. He said, can't let my girl getting hit by a car. Um, he <sighs> was the most... I, I, so, I actually feel bad saying this, but I'm sorry. He was very cringy, very strange. Um, yeah. And told me that our second date should be me meeting his family and taking his family dog on a hike. Um, the date I would like to make clear lasted 38 minutes. This all happened in 38 minutes because I ran. I said, oh, I'm going to be late for work. I have to go now. <laughs> and I told him that I had like two hours and I revoked it. I was like, I can't. Um, and yeah, that was an age gap, uh, my age gap relationship. Uh, and I just would also caution anyone, don't, it's, it's, they're always a little weird. And if they're not weird, then they're manipulative. And yeah. you think, you think, oh, I'm smart enough not to get sucked into a power dynamic, but that power dynamic exists intrinsically as a result of your yeah. age difference and your life experience difference. Like Desiree said, you feel so big and grown until you're grown. Or you, how about this? Yeah. You feel so big and grown until next year. Because when you reflect yeah. on yourself two months ago, you're a child in, in comparison to who you are now. So that person should not be interested in you when there is absolutely viable options for them who are in a, the same age group, same stage of life, in an appropriate you know, place for them to be dating. Because um, this guy was ready to put a ring on my finger Um, No, no, no. Actually, when Jade came back from the date, so I mean, at this time, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, she's having the time of her life. And I literally walked her to her future. Um, And she says, meet me downstairs. And I was in the library. Meet me downstairs in the library. I go to meet her and she is shaking. Um, She is traumatized. She is literally, she she hasn't even, because obviously we're trying to give a quick kind of overview of the story she has not gone into grave detail as to what actually happened throughout that um it was so much more cringe it was so much more it was so bad I felt so sorry I think that day is forever seared into my brain actually actually I just didn't see it going that horrible it was so bad Desiree walked back home with me first of all actually I had to go get my stuff because I left it in the library to go on a date with this guy because my plan was to go back study more then go to my shift at work I had to go grab my stuff from the library and I told Desiree, I need to go home now. Because I'm what I'm leaving out is, out of so many things, that maybe a very important details, um, the time that I was like, it's time for me to go was we were standing on the beach and he goes, I'm going to kiss you now. And I told you, this I'm man... So sick. Yeah, this man. Yeah. This man is Ugh. a tree-like, like, huge guy. Super muscular. Um, he wraps his arms around me. There's no physical escape. And I go, nah. And... In two seconds, he is slamming his mouth into mine, and he's pulling my hair. Oh, please note, please note, it's springtime, and in St. Andrews, when it is sunny at all, everyone and their brother is on that beach. So once again, every single person I know is watching me be made out with by this man. I shove my hands off of him, and I say, or like I push him off of me with my hands, 
And I said like, oh, I need to go to work. <laughs> and he went, uh, save some, save some for next time, huh? And I was like, yeah. Um, okay. So I go to the library to get my stuff. Desiree's there. My phone starts playing the loudest music out loud in the silent section of the library. I'm too panicked to even shut it off. So there's like a good 15 seconds of my phone blasting music. And it sounds like a deep fried audio. You know, like when, when, when yeah, someone tries to trick yeah. you with like an Instagram post and it's just the loudest shit you've ever heard in your life. That was this. And yes. then we go home. I was getting ready for work and I would just be silent. Like I'd be silently putting on my shoes and I'm going to back away from the mic now. Desiree was sitting looking at me so concerned. I was like lacing up my shoes and I'd go, I was like, for some reason, it was really messed up to me. And I had to block him. I had to block him because he didn't stop texting me. You know, Jim, man, I hope you found love and I hope she wasn't 18. You know? Yeah, I would hope so. And I mean, I the thing is, is like the takeaway from this story is that it was 38 minutes long. All of this happened <laughs> in 38 minutes. Can you and believe more. it? I keep on forgetting that. Yeah, and more. That's what I'm leaving out. Like, I'm leaving out so much. And I, it was the longest 38 minutes of my life. I would rather have each toenail plucked from me than go through that. <laughs> the Such trauma. I literally, I have trauma from that date and I didn't even go. Like, yeah. it, that's how... That's how horrible it was. But, yeah. you know, th- that's that's uh, that's the dangers of one of the things that you can face when you date someone who's older. There's a reason why they're going for you. Like, that's you're true. so young. There's a reason why they're going for you. Yeah. Because the people, the partners their age are wise enough to know that this is no good. And also yeah. more settled in life enough to know that they can do better. And so yeah. it's always a manipulator or someone who's very, very, very bizarre and not in like a... Oh, they're just a unique person way, but in a genuinely problematic way going for younger people. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I caution you. Obviously, it's your life to live, but definitely cautioned. Um, Are there... Yeah, I was I was going to ask because I, I obviously said you, the question was, um, is there... What would you do? Like, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, um, mm-hmm. I obviously gave my answer. Uh, it's time for me to ask you... what you would do um I would tell my past self to you know if you're gonna be in this headspace of I don't want anything serious I just want to like have casual relationships here and there um only seek those out with people who feel the same way and who are looking for the same thing because as is I don't know if it's reverse psychology I don't know if it's God laughing at you for making plans but I just always seemed to attract these people who were hopeless romantics and who wanted to pursue longer term things with me and what I should have done in hindsight. And I don't really blame myself because I was quite young, but what I, I would go back and and tell her off a little. What I did at the time was I thought to myself, well, surely it'll be fine. Um, And I think some of that was insecurity. I thought, well, they don't really want that with me. So it doesn't matter if our goals are different you know, I'll just pursue this anyways. And I would tell myself that that's not true. And you should probably be very honest with them up front because you would avoid a lot of heartbreak um, in both parties because it was heartbreaking to feel guilty over almost leading someone on, even, even if it didn't feel like leading them on. And it was also heartbreaking to the other party who felt a sense of rejection when you don't want to pursue a a relationship past what you have. So 
mess with people who want the same things. That's what I would I say. I think that that one is like actually, yeah, that is definitely solid advice. You know, when you're in like, you're like, oh, it's like demon hour. It's suck you by month for me. Like I, I'm about to be a bad gal for a little bit. Um, yeah. If you're going to play around on the dark side like that and be a bit of a vixen, only go for people who are looking for vixens. Like for leave that, the nice yeah. ones alone. Leave the nice ones alone. I totally alone. agree with that. Yeah. You guys just, you have to be on the same page and just like yeah. be honest let them know what you're looking for, especially if you're in your Vixen era. Like, absolutely. Let them know. Yeah. Because then then it's a free will choice. If they want to pursue something anyways because they like you, then that's on them. And they knew what they were getting into if it crashes and burns. Um, but yeah, honesty. Honesty is the it. best policy, y'all. It is. It is. Um, shall we answer some of the audience we got. Ooh, I'm rubbing my hands together. I hope you guys can hear that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to get into audience questions. We opened up a line for you guys to send us questions, and you guys delivered. One of you asked us to name all of our exes. Right, you're a demon for that. Uh, truly, we're, we're not gonna do that. It would be so funny if we did that. <laughs> yeah, like oh my god, there was Tony and Baloney doxing yeah. each one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, Truly. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're going to do first is we're going to do this question. Um, I'm not going to use any names just in case people want to be anonymous, but this is a question we should answer. Online dating, hot or flop? Mm. 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 Personally, um, I'm going to go ahead. I, I will answer this first because, yeah. boy, have I been truly on the dating apps for um, over a year now, um, consistently anyway, because yeah, like, especially in university, me and Jade would get on dating apps for like uh-huh. a couple months and then drop off the face <laughs> of the earth and get back on. Yeah. But truly I've been on dating apps for a year straight and I'm going to have a bit of a uh, controversial opinion. Dating apps suck, but they're kind of necessary. In this day and age, they actually are very, very necessary. And obviously, like, that's not the case for everybody. If you have a diverse group of, like, friends and, like, you know, an amazing network, then you probably don't need dating apps or whatever. But if you're like me and, like, quite a lot of, like, young adults who have just, like, kind of moved somewhere new, do not have um, a a network, uh, a substantiated network where they can meet tons of potential partners and stuff like that, dating apps are kind of like actually essential if you want to be dating because like, sorry, but how else are you going to do it? You can meet your, your, your partners through potential partners through work and all of that. But like, obviously that's messy. Like dating apps, just make it, just make it easier. And I say that with a grain of salt. It makes it easier just because like, obviously these cards, cause you can't even say that these people, but like these cards are presented to you that are supposed to represent people and you have your pick. And I mean, like it's literally choice, choice, choice upon choice upon choice that introduces all kinds of pros and cons. Um, but at least from the comfort of your home, you're able to like quote unquote date. Now the thing is I can go on for ages talking about like the absolute cons of online dating which there are many but like i'm gonna say bop for this one because the pros to me outweigh the cons and i say that like oh my god i say that through gritted teeth honestly yeah but for me like it does it the the pros outweigh the cons i mean i've been able to like all of my dates all of my all of my dates have been organized through uh through dating apps um For the past year, I've not gone on a single date where it wasn't organized through a dating app. Um, and although I've had bad dates, um, I've been lucky enough where I've been able to meet people who actually like resonate with me quite a lot. 
Um, and I've had like pretty positive experiences because mm-hmm. of the dating apps. And that's to the point where I meet the guys, like obviously the conversations and stuff like that, just matching and conversations, like all of those are flops. Like those are, yeah. those are yeah. flops. The ones that I met up with in real life are bops. And because I've had, um, I've had a good amount of bops. I'm going to go ahead and say that the whole dating app process is a bop. What do you think, Jade? What do you think? I would agree. I I especially agree with you saying it's just like necessary. I think, I don't want to say unrealistic because people do still meet others in person. What I would say is it's rare to meet people in person now, especially in a post COVID era. It's just like, Back in the day, you probably meet potential partners in educational spheres if you're in them. Then you maybe go to an office and that's where you start making friends and you meet friends of friends via office interactions or, you know, whatever career you're pursuing. Um, Nowadays, uh, a lot of people, uh, I don't want to say everyone because obviously there's many types of jobs to have, but a lot of people, maybe in our demographic, are working remote jobs. And... It just means that you're not going to be exposed to creating friendships and relationships with your coworkers the same way you used to be able to, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and one thing that's great about dating apps is, you know, that the people there are looking for someone or something and it's just quick, efficient. And it's also how I would probably, I don't know statistics on this or anything, but it's probably how the majority of people nowadays end up in relationships yeah, or find people to, um, engage with. So, um, I, I would say it's, yeah, I'm pro. I mean, also like I met my boyfriend on, um, hinge. Do I have to make a rhyme? You always rhyme. Yeah. Interest and slender. I met my boyfriend on, um, twinge. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, I mean, I feel like for me, I also kind of have to say pro, it also depends what app you're on, for sure. Yeah. Like some are better than others, and you should definitely yeah. know what I you're mean, looking for. I mean, it depends on your era. Yeah. It depends on your era. Vixen era, you know where to go. Slender. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to go to the, for you the know Vixen where to era. Go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so true. <laughs> um, also, there's like different types of people on the apps. So if you're looking for like a partner, probably Twinge is better. Um, yeah, twinge, if you're for looking sure. for a bit of a douchebag and just someone who's like kind of the worst, Slender really? is the place for you. Yeah, Slender, Slender, yeah, big time. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess we're gonna definitively rank them as hot slash bop. Yeah, bop. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question is how to date. <laughs> how to date? <laughs> Sorry. How to date when everyone gives you the ick and you have commitment issues. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say. The floor on this. is open to you, Jade. Yes. Thank you. I know that Desiree and I we said repulsion earlier before the term the ick was popularized via um, TikTok and stuff. Desiree and I used to call it SRS, which is sudden repulsion syndrome, because I had it so chronically, you guys. And like someone, a romantic interest of mine could look at me a certain way, and I was no longer interested in them. <laughs> Um, but here's what I would say. I think there's multiple, I'm going to address fear of commitment and, um, ick as two separate things. Okay. So now we're focusing on ick. I think there's a multitude of routes through which you can look at it. I think that you should not run from your icks. 
in the sense that if you're feeling them, you should probably listen to them and consider why you are icked out by that person. Because on the one hand, it could be that you're sensing actual red flags or actual incompatibilities with that person or actual areas in which you are not really all that attracted to them. And that's important to know because maybe that's not the person for you. On the other hand, it's important to look into your ics because you might be being unrealistic slash too harsh on other people. And I want to make it very clear. That's if your ics are over things that are just not related to your personal attraction preferences or red flags. But if it's just like a little thing and you're getting icked out, you have to consider, are you being petty? Like, are you being P-E to the T-T-Y? Are you being truly petty yeah. over absolutely anything? Because you have to flip it around and realize like you do things on that scale that would ick other people out if they had right, your right. mechanism of judgment. Oh God, and, isn't that terrifying? Yeah, like you probably give, <sighs> if, if you met yourself, you would give yourself the ick multiple times over. So yep. that's when I think you need to question maybe what stage of life you're in because either you're being too restrictive over the people you're meeting and you need to, as Desiree kind of mentioned earlier, humanize them a little and just realize that they are mm-hmm. like you. Or you need to realize that you might not want to date right now. If every, if you're always going to ick out and you're like, ew, I want to run away from them, you just might not want a relationship and you're looking for any avenue to escape that because it's easier to say that you don't like that person specifically than it is to say, I think I just want to be on my own right now because we kind of don't accept that as an answer in, in um, a lot of popular culture. So I'd say listen to your icks and understand where they come from and why you have them um, because they can be very indicative of whether you should continually pursue a relationship with whoever's giving you the ick or if you need to reevaluate your um, viewpoints on dating right now. With fear of commitment, well, let me first say, do you concur, Desiree? Do you concur? Do you have anything to Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You read me for filth because <laughs> I, <laughs> because I often do get icks um, quite often and it has nothing to do with, and I, I said, I'm in the process of humanizing men. Okay. I'm not yeah. perfect. Fem but self, truly, like, redemption arc. Yeah. Fem self redemption here, yes. Um, <laughs> like I, I oftentimes I'll go out on dates and be like, I'll tell Jade, I'll be like, yeah, and the position of his body at this angle was just giving something that I didn't like, and Jade's on the other end, like, girl, okay, like, no, like I mean, on one hand, I get it because SRS slash the ick is a, if I am to put on my really annoying hat where I would care about biological instincts instead of socially reproduced uh, ritual. I'm an anthropologist, guys. Desiree's a neuroscience mm-hmm. girl, but she's the I'm STEM girl. I'm the humanities girl. So here's where we, we have differing viewpoints. I'm going to hop into right. the STEM brain for a second. I would say like it's technically an evolutionary thing to have the ick or SRS, particularly if you are someone who is um, has a reproductive system that can like create that would be pregnant because you're right you're looking for the sexiest mate you can because you want sexy children because you want your genetic line to prosper the sexy sun theory the sexy sun theory yeah no quinn always tells me about that so versus like for instance someone who has a uh who has like the male sex organ they just want to impregnate as many people as possible because that ups their chances but if you have a female um reproductive system then you're looking for the sexiest mate possible. And that's the ick, therefore, to me, feels like an evolutionary 
thing. You're like, ooh, 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 my children are not going to be sexy if they do that. If they, if they right. tip their fedora, I am not going to get any grandkids, you know? Ooh. So yeah, I, I felt that one in the bone. I understand why it's there. And for, l- let me reiterate, I used to have it so chronically, so chronically. But I, I can think, confirm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think that, um, I think you just have to understand why you feel it. Because if it's like you're genuinely not attracted to that person, then that's fine. If it's like, I'm being petty, then then you might just need to go get over it. <laughs> yeah, you might need to you might need to um, immerse yourself in that specific ick yeah. um, just to yeah get over it. Um, but yeah, obviously, like there are the major icks. There are the ooh the red flags like on a million, and then there's the oh my god, he, there's like a piece of spinach like stuck in his teeth. Like my my icks are are way more petty. Like. I don't know, like if he ties his shoes a certain kind of way. Yeah. I went to, on like TikTok, these were so funny. It was like, my boyfriend got mugged and it gave me the ick. And I was like, <laughs> You're so evil. Like, why, are, why are you as a man being mugged? And I was like, this yeah. is evil. Okay, well, and then fear of commitment side of things, similar to what Desiree just said, actually, where it's like you might need to immerse yourself in the ick. I think with a fear of commitment, Therapy might be necessary, depending on how serious it is. Additionally, I would say that discomfort's kind of your truest friend. Um, as with a lot of things in life that limit us or that we're fearful of or um, particular mental struggles we might have, oftentimes forcing ourselves to go through that and be uncomfortable and kind of suffer with it a little, it can be the key to really growing with it. Um, Absolutely. And with a fear of commitment, you know, for instance, I mentioned earlier, like I used to be very, very, very guarded romantically. Um, And not to say that I'm like now completely perfect and not guarded at all or anything like that or have no fears of commitment. But I would say I've gotten a lot better because I forced myself to engage in commitment. I mean, and happily so, of course, but that engagement has definitely allowed me to combat a lot of the fears I had, the specific beliefs I had as well. Because that's oftentimes what props up fear is preconceived notions about what will happen to you, what someone else will do to you, how it's going to make you feel. And you can't prove yourself wrong unless you try to, to yeah. feel feel afraid. So it's true. I would say like, depending on why you have a fear of commitment, if it's obviously nothing that requires... Well, yeah, I don't know. Just like, you know, everyone needs to do this at their own discretion. But I do recommend like just trying, just being afraid, be a little afraid sometimes. If it's worth it, you'll know and you'll pursue that uh, that commitment anyways, regardless of how scared you are. Yeah, because there's also something to be said for this phrase. It's like a little cheesy, but I think it's so sweet and so true when they say like you should take your monsters out for coffee, like take your biggest insecurities, take your biggest fears out for a cup of coffee, sit down, try and understand them, and no longer are they scary. Like the monster oh, under yeah. the bed is not scary when you know that it's just Steve. <laughs> and yeah, right. so that I think applies here, where if you have a fear of commitment, you should engage with it instead of running away from it. As with fears of almost anything, you need to understand who it is. Why is it there? Why does it have such a hold on you? And where, when does it flare up? Like these things are important. So how to date when you feel those things? At your own discretion and uh, with a lot of introspection. 
That's what I would yeah. say. And honestly, tuning into intuition rather than fear and not listening mm-hmm. to your friends that are like, hee hee ha ha, this will be the best decision of your life. Yeah. Let me like walk you to this coffee shop to like <laughs> meet this person who's going to be absolutely horrible to you because I just want to <laughs> see you happy. You know, yeah, definitely be intuitive, friends. Yeah, no, but let me be tell you, I, y'all, I don't regret that for one second. And Desiree was actually being a very good friend to me because... At that time in my life, I absolutely would have mistaken fear for intuition. So she was actually being a very good friend to me by being like, no, Jade, let's do it. Like, you just go, you see what happens. Because I learned so much from that experience. I have a hilarious story for the rest of my life. And honestly, like going through that, walking up to the date, feeling sick to my stomach, no date (laughs) will make me feel that way again. And that's a good thing. Like, I know that. So yeah, no, I don't regret that. You've already been through the trenches with that one. Like, it only gets better. (laughs) Seriously, like, no, there's very little that can happen on a date that is worse than than that date that I went through. Truly. Very little. Like, there's so much more to say. There's so many, like, literally, like, 10 other stories just came to mind. But yeah, we're going to do way more of these dating episodes. This is just an intro, girl. Guys, this is just an intro. So yeah, like definitely be on the lookout for more dating stories. They're juicy. They're hot. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going to have so many more episodes about this because there's just so much to be said. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm definitely going to get myself in trouble at some point. I tried to be like super careful, <laughs> like yeah. really, really careful. But I know I'm going to I'm going to out somebody. And I'm sorry, like to any of my exes listening, like it, yeah. who knows? It might be you. You might win the lottery of like so true. <laughs> The story might be told about you. We got to call up Altiera, who's at uh, law school in Columbia right now. Columbia, New York, not the country Columbia. Um, <laughs> we got to call her up and get our legal advice about telling these stories. Truly. Anyways. Literally, know our options. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you guys, I hope that you are pushing past your comfort zones, having fun, whether it's in a relationship, casually dating, taking time for yourself, any of these things. They're all beautiful options. Yeah. The romantic sphere is open to you, whether or not you are actively dating, not actively dating. Like, you know, I hope you're enjoying yourself, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day, you might have certain expectations for yourself, but like, just take it from me. If you're doing it, you're doing it right. So true. Honestly. No, so true. So even if you're not even actively dating, if you're doing that, you're doing that right. (laughs) You're doing it right. Don't worry. Yeah. There's no, there's no framework by which we actually have to operate we always feel that but not true so anyways hope y'all have a great week thank you so much for tuning in again yes so nice to see you again if you liked what you heard here today you can subscribe and listen to us every monday wherever you get your podcasts you can also follow us on instagram so you too can submit questions and stories that we can talk about uh, we're at tincannular.podcast. Yep, make them spicy. We love that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, we'll see you guys next time. Have a wonderful week. Yeah, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Stick around for your weekly dose of therapeutic banter. Just with the... Blah, I always... Fuck up that It's line. hard. It's always. It's oh, God. It's, it's a, such a good line, though. This entire paragraph is literally just one run-on <laughs> sentence. Okay. But it's so good, though. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my life. Thanks for watching. That's my life. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
yeah, I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers, and I probably never really will. Sorry. <laughs> I keep on looking at you, and I don't know if you're laughing or not. I am. I keep. I, you saying yeah just had it triggered me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna turn my face so you can't see me. In the... Is that better or worse? Do it. Yeah, I mean, I seriously. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm gonna cover your face so I don't. See. Yeah, yeah. I'm you cover me. You gonna, cover okay. Me. okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers. I probably never really will. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have to be so serious.